Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Um, So it is officially uh, that time of year again. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. It is the time of year that athletic people love and uh, non-athletic people start praying for rain. It is school sports day time of year. Um, I don't know if you love it or if you hate it, if the prospect of it makes you dream of gold medals or if you are the person who's kind of clawing their way into the bushes so they can't be found. Um, My troubled relationship with school sports days actually started before I was born. So um, my lovely mum, when she was about this big and about this pregnant, um, she took my younger, my older brother, that would be weird, not my younger brother, um, my older brother to his school sports day. And in her great, magnificent pregnant wisdom, um, she decided it would be a good plan to join in with the mum's race that year. So um, she waddled her way up to the start line. And uh, as, the, as the gun went, she launched herself into this race. A reasonably strong start, from what I understand, for a pregnant lady. Um, the problem was that about halfway down the course, my lovely, lovely older brother decided he just couldn't wait until the end of the race to give her a hug. No, no, he needed it now. And so this little child launched himself amongst these stampeding mothers into the middle of the race. And her maternal instinct for him kicked in full force. And so um, she she abandoned all thoughts of running the race uh, and thought instead she needed to grab him from out of the feet of the under the feet of these many many mothers trouble was she had forgotten that thanks to me she now had no center of gravity and so instead of launching herself at my brother and sweeping him and saving him from the feet of the mothers she launched herself instead face and bump first at the ground and landed full on me. Um, And I am fairly convinced that actually I could hear the audible gasp of horror from the onlookers in the womb, and that that has forever scarred me for sports days and races, because actually I have been traumatized since before birth about running. Now, um, that makes today's Bible passage a bit of an odd one for me to preach about because um, it's all about running. Um, and I, I just want to say, I did not consult with Hannah um, about this morning. I want to say um, I have not asked her. And yet, isn't God clever? Because um, the verses that she mentioned, the things that she talked about is what um, we're going to be talking about this morning, which is really exciting. Um, so uh, Sim and Hannah basically said to me, um, talk about new beginnings, find something in the Bible, um, there'll be lots of people there, go. <laughs> which is an absolute nightmare. Um, so I sat there and panicked for a good long while. Um, and uh, when I was thinking about new beginnings, which is something I'm thinking quite a lot about at the moment, um, I realised that two years ago, um, Frank, my husband and I, were just about this time of year thinking quite a lot about new beginnings as we were getting married. And we were looking for the Bible verses that we would use at our wedding to kind of um, speak into this new start that we were taking, this new beginning that we were launching into. And it was these verses that we're going to look at this morning from Hebrews 12. So hopefully that's all right. Um, Hopefully you can bear with me um, this morning. You're not too exhausted. Um, So here you go. Here are the Bible verses for this morning. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart." 
I think today we have joined um, Karis and Flo and Hannah and surprisingly Rob um, at the start line of a new race. And as they went into that water and they came up again, it's like the gunshot went off um, and they began to run a new race in a new way. Some of us um, have not started that race. Maybe we're not following God ourselves. Maybe we wouldn't call ourselves Christians. Um, some of us have been around church for longer than we'd like to admit. Um, and we've been running for a really long time now. Um, but wherever we're at, I think that today, as we join them at the start line, um, it's a chance for us to check our spiritual Fitbit, see how we're getting on. And as this passage has something directly to speak to them this morning, I think it can speak to us as well, no matter where we are on that race. Um, and in fact, this letter to the Hebrews will have been written to a community of people that perhaps looked a lot like us. So some people who were really, really new at following, following Jesus, some people who'd been running the race for quite a long time, some people who maybe mm, had been around and weren't quite sure what was going on. So it's got something to say to each of us. And I think this morning it's got three questions to ask us. These are the questions. What do you need to leave behind? What are you running for? And who are you running with? So what do you need to leave behind? Um, one thing you need to know about me is that I take my marriage vows very seriously. Um, I take them by the letter. And so um, two years ago, um, Frank and I said to each other, um, something along the lines of, um, you know, all that I am, I give to you. And what was his became mine, and what was mine became his. Now, um, I think that that should apply as to every area of life, and in particular, exercise. So Frank's workout is my workout. His fitness is my fitness. His abs are my abs. Um, it's just how it works. So while I'm not big on the whole running races thing, um, Frank is just in a totally different league. And um, a couple of years ago, um, he became an Ironman. So he... Um, uh, yeah, so he ran the Ironman triathlon race uh, and became an Ironman, which I assume, according to the strict letter of our marriage vows, means that I, too, am an Ironman. I'm, feel free to disagree with me, but I'm sold on that. I'm sorry, I've earned that right. Um, so for those of you who aren't in the know, an Ironman is like an ultra triathlon. So um, I've checked the figures. Here you go. You swim for four kilometres followed by 180 kilometres on a bike, and then you run a casual marathon on the end to finish it off. <laughs> I don't think... I would drown in the first five minutes. Um, Frank managed it. I'm very impressed. Um, but actually, what I do know from talking to Frank is that he actually came very close to not finishing the race at all. See, right at the start, there were about 2,000 people um, entered in this race. 2,000 people stood um, on the um, edge of the sea waiting for the gun to go off. The gun goes off and 2,000 people launch themselves in the water to swim round a course. 2,000 people all clumped together in this water, trying to get ahead, trying to get a foothold, trying to get swimming. They're literally swimming all on top of each other, arms and legs tangled, trying to stay afloat. And so when I caught up with Frank at the end of the race, he said he almost dropped out within about the first 10 minutes because he thought he was going to drown. You see, he wasn't actually swimming through water for the first part of the race. He was swimming through people. And as he tried to stay afloat, he had arms entwined in his people, bashing into him, swimming over him. He was swimming over other people, dragging him down. And he had no freedom to move. And not only did he not nearly not make the race, but for a good few minutes, he actually thought that he was going to die in that race. 
It was only when he found a small gap of space that he was able to keep going, get afloat, and manage to keep going through the race. See, we can't race when we're tangled up and burdened down. It just doesn't work. And this passage says that too in our faith, that actually, even if we start off running with great enthusiasm, we don't get far if we're tangled up and burdened down with the stuff that we bring with us. Um, I think you've been sitting for a little while, so I want to get a couple of people a chance to stand up and test this out. So do I have two volunteers who might like chocolate? They need to be reasonably able to stand and move. I, I'm making a habit of this, of bringing, bringing chocolate with me. Great, I've got Kath and uh, go for it. I'm Harry. Yes, great. Kath and Harry. Brilliant. Do you guys want to make your way to the back a little bit? And um, yeah. You can't run. Oh, does someone want to stand in for Harry? I mean, to be honest, neither of you are, like, Kath's got a bad back. Yes, go for it, Alex. Um, not Alex. <laughs> You're behind. Sorry, Sam. I'm looking at Alex and saying Sam. Um, great. My lovely, my lovely assistant, beautiful Francis. Um, I need one on um, either side, either aisle. Great. And, um, yeah. So, um, I'm really sorry. One of you's going to have your legs tied together. There we go. Um, so uh, the challenge is, one of you has your legs untied. One of you will have your legs tied together by the beautiful Freedom Church lanyards. Here's an alternative usage for those if you ever need it. Um, and the first one of you to reach the front will win the chocolate-related prize. <laughs> I never said this was fair. Do do it so that we can release her afterwards. <laughs> Um, and please don't die. I didn't check the insurance on this one. Sorry, Sim. Does anyone want to um, make any bets as to who might win? Sam. Sam. Oh, we've got Sam. Oh, that's a bit mean on Kath. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got a very slow assistant. Hurry up. Um... Yeah, don't let that concern you at all that the firefighter is having trouble tying knots. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, um, are you ready? Um, do avoid any bags and things in the aisle. <laughs> okay. He's sabotaging. On your marks, get set, go. Oh, well done. Hooray! <laughs> Um, because I'm super kind and a little bit soft, I actually do have two chocolate bars. Um, is either of you deathly allergic to nuts? Great. Kath, you get first choice. Um, and just on the off chance someone is deathly allergic to nuts, may I invite you to eat that at home? Um, <laughs> Brilliant. There you go. Um, it's a little bit obvious. That was always going to happen, or at least I really hoped it would. I was really, really worried to get someone who was super fast with their legs tied together. Um, we can't run as fast with our legs tied together and tangled up as we can free. We know that. It's obvious. It's basic stuff. Um, and there's two things mentioned in this passage that slow us down. I was going to bring a really heavy backpack for the person whose legs were tied together, but then I thought I really might break someone. Um, LAUGHTER 
There's things that we carry that burden us down, and there's things that tangle us up. So here's a fun fact for you. The ancient Greeks, when they ran races, ran them completely naked so that nothing would get in their way. Second fun fact, I decided not to make a slide illustrating that fact. Um, so uh, I thought that might, that might be a bit much for today. Um, so I wonder what are the things that might burden us down in our race when we're running our race of faith, what those things might be. And I had a bit of a thought, and I think the things that burden us down are not necessarily um, the bad stuff in life, but more like the distracting stuff in life. So if you're anything like me, some of the things that burden me down are things like that extra episode of Netflix that I sneak into an evening. All that 45 minutes I spend checking the essential news updates on Twitter. Um, those things that I do that mean when I crawl into bed at the end of the day and I think sadly to myself, just not enough time today to pray. Just not enough time to read the Bible. Oh, I forgot about God today. I've been so distracted by the things in my life that are completely irrelevant and essential that actually I haven't done anything to engage with God. Or maybe it's the priorities in our life, which are kind of good things maybe, but kind of skew us away from following God, whether that's um, desperately pursuing that promotion at work so that we kind of get the success and the extra money. That thing that we're saving up to buy that is consuming all of our thoughts about how we can manage our finances to get it. Um, those things that just drift our eyes away from the priority of following God and burden us down and make us less nimble on our feet. And then there's the stuff that entangles us. Hebrews says um, the stuff that entangles us is sin. The stuff that we do um, that we know is not what God wants for us. We know it's not what God's told us to do. We know it's not his best for our lives, and yet we do it anyway. And I, um, I have a scientific theory that has not been tried and tested, um, that there are two different kinds of sin. The first is the one that um, is easy to spot because probably the second that I started talking about the stuff that God doesn't like us to do, something crept into the back of your mind and you felt a little bit bad. It's the stuff that we know is in our lives that we're not that proud of. The stuff that um, we try to keep hidden from our friends and families, that maybe we try and beat, that maybe we just do in secret that nobody knows about. The stuff that we know isn't what God has for us. It's not the best stuff, and yet we do it anyway. That's type one. Type two is more tricksy, because it's the stuff that we haven't noticed yet. The stuff that we don't even realize is a problem. We're just getting on with our lives, and it's quietly there in the background, entwining our lives, catching us up. I like to think of um, type 2 sin as a little bit like um, one of the plants in Harry Potter. Um, has anyone here, have people read the first Harry Potter book? Yeah. Excellent. Um, so uh, for those of you that haven't, there's a bit in the book where they're off trying to save the world, which is pretty standard. Um, and they, uh, to, do, to save the world, um, they're on a bit of a quest and they get to a trap door. They've got to open this trap door and they know they've got to go through the trap door. Um, they don't know where the bottom is. It's a little bit scary, so they're just dropping into nothing. It could be like a metre, it could be 20, 100 metres down. So they um, take all their courage and they jump through the trap door. And the good news is they land on something soft. Hooray! It's all okay. They found at the bottom there's this plant there to catch their fall. So they sit there and they catch their breath and they think, we're so relieved, this plant has caught our fall. And they sit there and have a bit of a chat about what to do next and what's going on and who put the plant there that was ideal. And as they're sitting there, ever so quietly, the plant begins to ever so slightly grow. And it, slightly it starts to entangle their hands and their feet and their bodies, little tendrils coming out and winding around them so that they can't move. 
the plant is called Devil's Snare. And the longer that they sit there, the less that they can move. And suddenly they find that the plant that they thought was there to save them has started squeezing the life out of them. I think some of the sin in our lives works like this. While we're not even looking, it starts to grow, it starts to tangle us up, it starts to trip us over, um, and suddenly we find it stifling the life out of us. The thing is, we can't run. We've got a cat. Oh, it's the school cat. Where is it? <laughs> this is Joe. This is the school cat. Um, it's very welcome to stay if it's not too distracting. <laughs> Is this a Freedom Church first? It's, it's a special day. Um, anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> where were we? Um, the Bible says you can't launch into this race of faith with your legs tied together. You can't run with your legs tied together and with all this baggage around you. And actually, that's what I love about baptism today, is baptism is the day that these guys have been able to, to say, to commit to, and to know that God ha- is able to free them from the things that entangle them, that he has freed them from the things that entangle them, and that he's calling them to live a life free from the things that entangle them. And the same is true for all of us today, that actually it might be that ever so quietly we've been picking up baggage without realising it, or we've been letting things entangle our lives again, and so Suddenly, running is not as easy as it used to be. But actually, we remember with baptism that our God is able to get rid of all that stuff. The only question we have to ask is, what do we need to leave behind to keep running? And I wonder for you what you need to leave behind today. The second question this passage asks is, what is the goal? What are you running for? So if I were to ask you, um, what is the hardest test of physical endurance you've ever done? I wonder what you would think of. It might be you've run an Ironman, you've climbed a mountain. Um, I'm slightly concerned that my answer to that today is going to be slightly different in about seven weeks' time. Um, So I'm slightly dreading having to answer that question soon. Please, please, please do not tell me your horrifying labour stories. Um, At the end of this, I've heard too many to count. Um, The science of motivation fascinates me. So how on earth do we get through these things that require physical endurance? And I wonder if you think back to the thing that you did, whatever it was, what was it that got you through that? What was it that kept you going? So um, one of the things that science and motivation teach us is that there's two ways to be motivated. Um, The first is motivation to get as far away as possible from something. And the second is to get as close as possible to something else. So for instance, um, you might want to get as far away from a rampaging bear as you possibly can. Um, Very wise. Um, But you're probably never going to run a marathon and get to the end by wanting to get as far away from the finish line as possible. Because the science shows that if you're trying to get away from something, it works works really, really well in the short term. But actually, the further you get away from the thing that you're running from, the less motivated you are, because you've, you've kind of achieved your goal, you're getting away from it. On the contrary, if you're trying to get towards something, the closer you get to that thing, the more your motivation amps up. So the more that you want to run harder, the more that you want to run faster, because it's within your reach. And actually, that's what this passage has to say to us. I wonder what you're running the Christian race for. What's motivating you? Is it you're trying to get away from the life that you had before? You're desperately trying to escape it? Or are you running towards something in the future or that you can see as being really good? 
Steffi Graf, who I know isn't a runner before you question my athletics knowledge. Um, she, uh, she, when she was asked about how she motivated herself to keep going in her training and in her kind of physical fitness, she said this, I never look back, I look forward. I never look back, I look forward. And I think she'd have bonded with the um, writer of Hebrews because this is what the writer of Hebrews had to say about how to motivate ourselves for the long run of faith. It said this, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. We're not running away from the lives that we had before. We're not even running away from the sin that tangles up. We've got to get rid of it, but it's not about getting away from it. We're running towards something, towards someone. And I loved listening to some of the testimonies um, talking about this kind of stuff. We're running towards heaven where we get to be with Jesus. We're running towards this relationship with Jesus, this closeness with Jesus. We're running towards the God who made us, who loves us, who wants us to join in with what he's doing. And Rob did talk a bit about um, the, the past that had gone before him and how there was this new life. And I pretty much guarantee he's more motivated by running into that life that he's got now than he is by running away from what was there before. We run towards something. And actually, the closer that we get to Jesus on this run, the more motivated we become. So, um, so maybe it's uh, the times that you come back from New Wine and you've had an amazing experience, or Soul Survivor, or Spring Harvest, or times that you've really experienced God talking to you. I wonder if you found that in those moments, the motivation to spend time with God is much, much greater than some of the other times. Because actually, the closer we feel to God, the more motivated we are to get even closer still. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, running this race feels differently. And so what have your eyes been on recently? Do they feel like they're focused on Jesus? Does running feel easy? Or does it feel like you've been looking elsewhere, distracted by other things, other priorities, forgetting the goal, feeling that maybe you're coming to church or engaging with God out of guilt because you kind of know you have to? Actually, we run better and harder and for longer when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, when we're running towards the goal of knowing him, knowing the one that loves us. Let that be our motivation to run harder and to keep running. Finally, this passage asks, question three, um, who are you running with? I flipping love who um, these guys chose to get in the pool with them. Isn't that amazing? Um, Amazing. Family members, friends, youth leaders, church leaders. As you look back on the journey you've taken with God, I wonder who are the people that you see there alongside you, along with you? Who are the people who've been significant at standing along your, along your side or running with you? It might be parents or friends or youth leaders, families, um, whoever it is. There are key people along the way. And this passage starts off by talking about the great cloud of witnesses that are running alongside us. Um, now, some of that is pointing back to the previous chapter of, Hero, of um, Hebrews, where there's this amazing list of Old Testament spiritual heroes who showed what it was to live a life of faith, who went above and beyond and absolutely transformed their lives, the lives of people around them, and the world for God. Maybe you've got a list of um, biblical characters who really inspire you or people like Wilberforce or kind of spiritual heroes through history who you look at and you think, that keeps me going, seeing their example. These kind of people show us how to run the race really, really well. They're, they're the crowd of witnesses that one day we get to hang out with in heaven. I love that. I love that. The, 
one of the promises of heaven is I get to meet some of these incredible spiritual people um, that I've heard so much about. But then alongside them, there's the witnesses who run along with us now, the key people who stand alongside us. Because we were never meant to run alone. The Christian faith was never about me and God on my own. It was about us together, the church, a body of people running together and cheering each other on. And I think one of the real dangers um, that that faces the church at the moment is um, it's really easy to do church without anyone else these days. You can get much better talks than I can give you at home in your room on a podcast. Excellent worship that you can download at the click of a button. You can do all of this stuff on your own and, uh, and it will be better quality than anything we can deliver. But actually, we weren't meant to do this on our own. We were meant to be with other people. In the race of life, there are times it's tempting for us to try and do this on our own. Don't do it. That's my word for, um, for the four of them that have been baptised today. Please never find yourselves running alone. Because actually, we were made to run as part of a great crowd of witnesses. So last week, um, it was the Great Manchester Run. Did anyone catch any of it? Was anyone in it? No, a bit too far north. Um, it was uh, the Great Manchester Run, and there were two runners who um, met up again to run that race together. And they first met a few months before, 200 metres from the end of the London Marathon. And you may have heard about this when it happened. Their names were um, Matthew Rees and David Wyeth. Um, so uh, 200 metres from the end of the marathon, um, David was um, running and doing a pretty good time when um, suddenly he found that all of his energy left him. His legs cramped up underneath him and he collapsed to the ground. Um, behind him, Matthew, who'd never met him before, again, was running a really good race. He was one short sprint, one short 200 metre sprint off a personal best. He was running an excellent marathon and he saw David collapse to the ground. Now, looking at David, looking at the finish line, he decided to make a really tough sacrifice. He stopped his race, he ran over to David, picked him up off the ground, and carried him ever so slowly towards the finish line so that they could finish together. Talking about it later, David said this, I wouldn't have got there without Matthew putting his arm around me and carrying me over the line. See, four years ago, I, am, I completely burned out in my faith. Um, through a series of circumstances, life started to go horribly, horribly wrong. I found myself signed off work with stress. Um, I was very, very close to kind of slipping into depression. Um, I, my faith had crumbled. Um, I was an absolute mess, absolute mess. And um, at the start of May, I remember I went along to the Holy Trinity Brompton Leadership Conference that a few, few people here, I think, have been to. And it's in the Royal Albert Hall in London. And there is nowhere better to do worship than the Royal Albert Hall in London. I mean, that place is built for music, and they filled it with passionate Christians. And you had this incredible scenario where there was this room full of people worshipping God. It was absolutely electric. Trouble was, I was so broken in the midst of it. When I opened my mouth to join in the worship, the words physically couldn't come out. I couldn't sing words that I didn't believe anymore. I couldn't sing these words to God because I was too angry, too broken, too hurt to sing with everyone else. In racing terms, both my legs had cramped up, given out underneath me, and I was face down on the floor. Now, I had around me a small crowd of witnesses, people like Frank, my family, my friends, colleagues who gathered around me, who picked me up 
and carried me until I could run again. I wouldn't have got here without them putting their arms around me and carrying me towards the line. We were not meant to run this race on our own. We were meant to run it with other people. And I wonder today, who are you running with? Are you running on your own? Who are the people around you that will pick you up when you cramp up? Who are you going to pick up when they cramp up? Who's standing alongside you? It said um, in Genesis, when God made man, it's, it's not good for man to be alone. And that is as true in the church as it was in the garden. It's not good for us to be on our own. Who are you running with? So today is a palpable new beginning um, for those who've been baptised. It's so exciting. Um, but actually for all of us, it's a new opportunity. Grace is new every day. Every day can be a new beginning. And I wonder what God is saying to you um, at the start of the race today. Um, so Hannah, Karis, um, Flo, Rob... You guys are great. Wasn't that amazing? I love listening to their stories. Um, I'm so excited. Um, I wanna, our prayer for you today is that you would be able to cast off everything that hinders you, the sin that weighs you down, and that you would have a tangible passion, tangible passion for getting closer to God, and that that would keep driving you forwards. And that we would be a community of witnesses around you who pick you up when you fall down. But the more than just that, that you would do that for us, that you would be our witnesses too, running alongside us. And as you launch into this new race, this new beginning, um, we are cheering you on. We think you're amazing. And for the rest of us, I don't know how you've um, come today, but the starter gun has blown for each of us. The race is in flow. Some of us have come this morning and we've got baggage that we're carrying. We're tangled up and we need to break free. Some of us have forgotten why we're running in the first place and we're about ready to stop. Some of us are trying to run alone and our legs are starting to go underneath us. But actually today, let's change that. Let's run this race with perseverance. Let's throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus and let's run together as a crowd of witnesses. Because actually, when people run this race well, the world changes. A man alive does our world need some changing right now. The starter gun has blown. A new beginning is here. The race has started. It is time to get ready, get set, and go. I want to invite the worship team back up. Let's, let's worship God. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.